Good day to you movie maniacs, party people, frisky fellas, and go-go gals. So thank you very much for tuning in to this replay episode. This is Sky, sans my brother Dusty because he's off partying hard with his harem or something. Well, some family things ended up coming up, which prevented the both of us from seeing Captain Marvel this past week. But things are back on track as of tomorrow, and we're going to hit the movie theaters this weekend to watch it, and then we'll drop the Captain Marvel podcast episode next week. So today's episode is a replay of Ant-Man and the Wasp. It originally aired on July 26th of 2018, and it was episode number 7 within the podcast. So I imagine a lot of new listeners may not have listened to this one just yet. So we chose this episode to re-air because it's possible some things from this movie are going to be brought up within Captain Marvel. Uh, We've both stayed away from all the trailers and all the movie reviews out there on the YouTubes. And man, this movie's getting talked about like crazy. Um... Of course, it is another release in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm just hoping that it holds its own, and it's not at the bottom of the pack, you know, quality-wise. If it was, like, uh, hopefully it ends up being, like, ranked number 12 or 13, or even, like, number 8 out of the whole MCU. Who knows what it's going to be once uh, he and I get done watching it. But I'm just hoping it's a good movie, uh, worthy of its of its place within the MCU. Well, thanks again for tuning in this week, and here is our spoiler review and lessons learned for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Enjoy. It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learned from the movies we watch. Today, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey, Movie Maniacs, my name is Sky, and once again, I am joined by my brosif, Dusty. What is the haps, Dust? Hey, hey, Sky. Hey, man, I thoroughly enjoyed um, Ant-Man and Wasp. How about you? I freaking loved it. It was incredible. It gave us more of what we got in the first, but it did on such a great scale, uh, a scale, you know, because the story was bigger, more characters and stuff. I just, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was thoroughly enjoyable for me. I love the way it picked up right where it left off in the ending. Obviously, we see a good ending. And if you watch after the credits, even that ending as well. But yeah, obviously, as always, we are going to definitely give spoilers on this podcast. So if you haven't seen the movie, pause it, watch the movie, and then come back to it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a good point right there. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, you know, I was taking a look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, and it's actually pretty darn good. I mean, the critics gave 86%. Audience at 79%, which that surprised me. This felt like such a fun, funny, and action-packed movie. I'm surprised at 79%. Did you say that the the audience was lower than the critics? Yes, for an action movie like this. Oh, wow. That's, That's nuts. I don't think... I mean, it's very, very rare that the critics are higher than the audience uh, on an action movie like this and a fun, fun action movie, this type of movie. Now, when it's like a, uh, I don't know, Sundance Film Festival, you know the critics are going to give it like a 8,000% and uh, the, the audience is going to give it like a 20. And that's usually how it goes. But um, this is crazy for this type of movie that the critics are higher. But hey, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So what score would you give it? You know, last episode, uh, our podcast episode, we talked about adding in this new section where we're going to be talking about the score as if we were a critic or putting it on Rotten Tomatoes. We're not. But right now, what would you give Ant-Man and the Wasp? Um, I give it, 
you know, oh man, it's so tough for me. You know, you and I have, <laughs> have discussed this before. Your wife says she won't listen to my movie uh, recommendations because I'm overly positive on everything, right? Like every movie, literally yeah. every movie. Oh yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> that when, okay. So I've I've learned your your terminology when you say and how you the mannerism how you do it when you say oh yeah yeah it was good then I know don't watch it when I hear you say dude it was fantastic I absolutely loved it and I'm like okay that's probably a B plus movie <laughs> so I probably should watch it and then when you say something like man I'm gonna see it every day of the week for the next six years <laughs> then I'm like okay that's an A yeah <laughs> a exactly yeah um I've got to give this one a 90 without a doubt maybe even a hundred I just don't want to be too overly positive but you know something about me it's really easy for for most movies it's easy for me to look beyond the small things that maybe don't make sense um especially when i love the characters i love the actors and if i want to enjoy it i'm gonna find myself enjoying it a lot more that makes a lot of sense so i personally think now if i'm rating this with all the other marvel movies it's a little lower like it's not as low as like um uh black panther recently was entertaining but at the same time i don't know if i would watch it again um the Incredible Hulk, that definitely, I only watched it once and I'm never watching it again. You know, like there's some other movies that kind of fit in there. Um, I'd say Ant-Man and the Wasp is definitely higher than a lot of movies, but it doesn't rank up there. Like I've already watched The Avengers four different times in the movie theaters and I took my boys and we all loved it. But I would say for me, I would give this about an 87, 86, eh, probably 87 is what I would give Ant-Man and the Wasp. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think it's a really good, really fun movie. And like you said, you saw Avengers four times. I'm probably going to go see this at least one more time because my wife ended up not being able to go. And I'm totally happy taking her to for me to see it again for her first time on a date night, you know? Oh, awesome. Is she willing to watch it? Yeah, she still is. I mean, we both, not we both, me and the boys, we all talked about it uh, in glowing terms, you know? So she's excited still to watch it with me. Well, I do think your son, Mason, has your terminology when it comes to rating movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, uh, everything that he says, I'm like, that that sounds like your dad. (laughs) Yeah. He does. He speaks with the same staccato, or I don't know if that's the right word, but he his his voice levels go up and down. He modulates his voice like I do as well. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And and what he says, I remember, uh, I can't remember ex- exactly what it is, but um, when I was at your house last, when we were recording um, Incredibles, your your son was saying some things about Incredibles that you literally just said on our podcast. Like I was talking to him outside of that. He said, so tell me about Incredibles and your thoughts. And it was, it was, <laughs> it was adorable. It was awesome. And I told him a little bit about what I was thinking, and he said something that was like, Sky just said that in the other room. <laughs> so you guys compare notes, apparently. We do, oh, without a doubt. After a movie, we're always, you know, on the way back to the car. You got to talk about the movie you just oh, saw. Yeah. But you know something? Um, okay. Most of the time when I take the kids to the movie, we like the movie. It's fun, and we talk about it afterwards, right? The one time that I really remember none of us really saying anything was after Justice League. Mm. And... I didn't say anything because I I enjoyed it, but something was sitting, you know, rotten with me with the movie. So I wasn't really talking to the boys about it. And then it it came later on after discussing stuff with you. I realized what didn't sit well with me, what I didn't like about the movie. But I I know if you ever see a movie with me and I don't talk about it afterwards, that means I did not like it. (laughs) 
Yeah, I know what you mean. And I remember talking to you about Justice League afterwards. You said, yeah, it was good. You know, I enjoyed it. Um, but the one I, I know you didn't like at all was um, Batman versus Superman. Like, I remember the first thing you said was, man, I just didn't like it. Other than I was superly um, surprised and um, excited to see doomsday you know yes. i didn't know doomsday was there that was really cool because i didn't see it coming but um yeah that's that's funny when you when you don't say anything about a movie that's when it's bad absolutely yeah and talking about not seeing anything coming once again i did not see this the trailers for this did you watch the trailers ahead of time i watched a couple since they were actually showing on either a previous movie that i was watching or something like that but i didn't i tried to either close my eyes or you know try to get away from it but i didn't watch too many trailers but i did just go back and watch the trailer all over again and there weren't i'm not the one you're good at finding out if there's spoilers or not but i didn't see anything that i was like oh man they shouldn't have shown that or they shouldn't have shown that in this episode or this um, uh, movie yeah the i only counted one Real spoiler. And it's only a spoiler for uh, Marvel Comics fans who already know the character of Ghost. Because in the comic books, the Ghost is a male. And for the longest time, we don't know who Ghost is or we know what their intentions are. They're kind of like a cyber terrorist. But we don't know anything, you know, no backstory on Ghost at all. In the trailer, you see that the Ghost takes off her mask and it's a female. Which... That's a small spoiler, but only for a small group of people that are actually going to go to the movie who know who Ghost is ahead of time. That's a great point. Now, for them, because we have no clue who Ghost is, um, I was kind of um, let down that they actually showed that it was a female. Now, if you remember Incredibles, not sorry, not that she was a female or Ghost was a female, but they let it out in the trailer. Yeah. Because um, it, I remember Incredibles, the um, screen slaver mm-hmm. in the trailer, you didn't know if it was male or female. It, you know, you kind of assume it's a male. Um, and the only thing they show is the bad guy. And they could have done that easily here, but they showed her over and over again, as, as well as Ghost. So you already know who Ghost is, which was kind of disappointing because in the movie, you actually see Ghost for the first time as Ghost. Like, you don't see her as the female putting on a suit. And so it's kind of like, who is this person? But, you know, if you already watch the trailer, you already know that it's a female. You don't already, already know what she looks like and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other possible potential spoiler was in, in the trailer was when... Ant-Man grows really big and is in the bay, kind of like in front of a uh, a tourist ship, you know, which, I mean, that's kind of a big set piece. It doesn't spoil anything in the movie, but if you see that in the trailer and then you're thinking to yourself or thinking to yourself, wow, I'm looking forward to seeing that in the movie, you'll be kind of like sitting there waiting for it. But other than that, all the other humor that they showed, they didn't show, I mean, if there was 100 jokes in the movie, the trailer probably showed showed five and there were 95 things that you were unaware of, you know? Yeah, that's very, very true. And I love the comedy in this movie. It's just very, very uh, quick-witted. It seems quick-witted um, as well as just just thoughtful or creative. Um, things like um, when Ant-Man grows big and he's stopping that truck and he's going down the, the street and you see people inside of a cafe looking out and there's nobody paying attention and he's just doing that. It's like, that would draw a lot of attention people would would actually be like well what is that but they didn't hear it and see it and so you know things like that was really fun i absolutely love when his uh, business partner i can't remember his name 
Luis. Uh, Mexican dude. Luis. Love his character. I love the actor, too. He's, he's a great actor. Um, but I love when he does the reenactment as he's telling a story and the way they cut back to other characters uh, uh, lip syncing his voice and acting as if he, it was him. It was. I just love that. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic way to tell a story and very, very funny and entertaining. It is, and it's something I'd never seen before. They did it twice in that prior, you know, in Ant-Man Part 1. And it's something that um, nobody can do it ever again in the future without thinking Ant-Man. That is exactly Ant-Man. Like, it's like stealing somebody else's joke. You know, a comedian stealing somebody else's joke. They, you know, when, um, especially comedians catch on that somebody's stealing jokes, they get really ticked off. I remember uh, Mancia guy, um, you know, he was supposedly stealing jokes. Carlos um, Mancia, yeah. Carlos Mancia. I remember there was one, I watched, I was watching one thing, and he said a joke and I thought it was about um, uh, a kid playing football all his life growing up with his dad. And his dad's teaching him, is, is encouraging him. And then it, fast forward to the very end, the kid gets into the NFL and the camera pants to him. and says, hi, mom, instead of, you know, the dad. And I thought, well, shoot. And I didn't know anything about him stealing jokes. I literally thought to myself, that's a Bill Cosby joke. Like, I, it really hit me because I remember Bill Cosby saying that exact joke. Anyways, all that to say with this um, this uh, scene where he's telling a story and using the characters to, to play it out, love it. But yeah, if somebody else ever does it or any other movie does it, you're going to be like, I know exactly where they got that. They're ripping that off. Yeah, totally, man. And, and I thought just in general, this movie as a follow-up to the first Ant-Man was perfect. You know how sometimes... Uh, like a movie like Jurassic Park was so full of wonder and beauty. You see these awesome dinosaurs for the first time. Every other movie afterwards, you lose that sense of wonder and that sense of fun. Well, the first Ant-Man had a lot of wonder and fun in the whole shrinking down and then going into the quantum realm. I love how this movie just was able to continue up with that sense of humor or not sense of humor. I'm sorry. Continue with that sense of wonder and then take you back into the quantum realm and even dive further into it and learn more about it. It just, it was a perfect follow-up. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that the way that they carried on from the Avengers, not Avengers, sorry, it was the Civil War. Captain America Civil War played into that and how he's on house arrest and everything. Um, and then to the very end, if you watch the very end, you see now Ant-Man is trapped in the quantum world because everybody else is gone. You know, he's still alive now. Um, more than likely, he's still alive, not because he's in the quantum world, but because he wasn't picked or, you know, one of the random people that died yeah. um, that got that erased. But now he's stuck there. And so we're like, oh, shoot, where is he at? Now, another thought comes to mind. I know Clint um, uh, Hawkeye is not in Avengers. He's not in the, the Ant-Man. Where is Clint at? I know it's kind of I, I'm waiting to see when they're going to, uh, you know, bring him and see where he came from. Cause I did hear that they're talking about doing a black widow, um, uh, movie, you know, like a, a original or origination movie or whatever that's called, mm -hmm. um, origin film. And so they're talking about doing something like that. So maybe they might tie in something there. So that'll be pretty interesting. But yeah, I, I remember Hawkeye's not in this one. He's not in Avengers. I'm just kind of wondering where he's at, but then at the very end, he's stuck in the quantum realm. You already know the storyline is going to um, eventually get him out, but it's going to be cool to see because nobody else knows he's in there and all that sort of stuff. It's going to be pretty neat to see Avengers. Uh, it'd be five, right? Is it the fifth event? It'll be Avengers? the fourth Avengers. Yeah, the fourth Avengers. Obviously, we're all waiting for that to come out. Can't wait for that to come out. Absolutely. And, uh, and you had mentioned, you know, how you liked how this movie started off. Not started off, but it, it came in right after the events in Civil War. I liked how the events in Civil War kind of put a rift between Ant-Man 
um, and Wasp and Hank Pym. You know, that was pretty cool seeing them at the end of the prior movie. They were happy. They were a team working together and stuff. And then all of a sudden, bam, he goes to Germany without them, totally screws the pooch. They're on the run now. He got caught and made a deal and everything. But there's some pretty cool antagonism between the heroes from our prior movie starting this one off not as a group of, uh, uh, you know, a team anymore. I I thought that I maybe a little different perspective because that was similar to the very first movie the very first movie you know he they were robbing him uh or um he was hank, robbing them were, yeah he was robbing hank and and um what's her name the uh amp or uh hope. hope yeah he was I'm, you're good with names I'm, I'm bad with memory of their characters names but you know he's robbing them and they're they're kind of uh for and against or against each other and then they become four so it was similar to the first one i was like wow why are they why are they hating on each other? Oh, oh, it's because he went and took the suit and to help out Captain America. I thought that was a little um, maybe petty. It just didn't seem it didn't fit well for me, um, even though it didn't spoil the the storyline. Yeah, it didn't spoil anything. But doesn't it make sense to you? He went off, used his suit, and then because it was his suit or Hank's suit and Hank's technology that put him and Hope on the run. I think that makes sense to me why they would be mad at him. Oh, okay. Maybe I, I didn't catch that. So it was because he did that, that Hank and Hope went on the run? Yeah, exactly. Because it was his technology being used. The the government looked at it like, hey, you guys screwed up as well. You know, uh, they probably tried to go arrest them like they arrested or, you know, like Scott was arrested. And, and then they just went on the run instead of getting arrested because the whole Sokovia Accords and, and their technology, their superhuman technology should have been signed and be a part of all the, that big agreement. Oh, uh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. I thought they were just mad that he took the suit. Not that, because I thought they that the government, anyways, uh, we'll move on from that. So I personally, um, now that you explain that, that does make a lot of sense. And that is rather interesting. But you know, with him being away from them for two years, being on house arrest, I thought that was rather fun. And everything with him being in the house with, with the aunt playing the drums at the end and, you know, things like that. It's just, it, they did a really good job making this story very, very entertaining. Without a doubt, they did. I, I love the beginning scene with his daughter, Cassie, and uh, just the way he was playing with her and the whole awesome cardboard slide through the house they made. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, that that's totally different than... Um, I don't know if they're necessarily single dads that I've seen, but I went to uh, went to lunch with some friends recently, and I saw it looked like a dad with a son, and they were no, no, it was a dad and a daughter, and they were out to lunch, and the dad was just on his phone the entire time, and the daughter was just kind of looking around. Yeah, what a shame. And I was like, well, shoot, that's just too bad. I mean, like you're there to take, spend time with your family. Now I don't know anything about the situation. It just caught my brain and was like, man, you should be spending time with whoever you're with rather than on your phone. Because whenever I go out to um, lunch with my wife or, you know, take my my daughters on a daddy-daughter date night or anything like that, I definitely don't touch my phone because that's rude to the people you're with. That's just my own personal perspective. But I thought that was fantastic that they went through or he went through so much to make this whole um, environment and, and a uh, fun and uh, uh, event for her to go through. And yeah, it was it was really, really cool. Without a doubt, it was. Uh, oh, and, you know, getting back, we had mentioned Hank a little while ago. I really liked how, you know, they brought Hank back into the story, of course, and his wife, Janet, came in the story. And they did a really good job with the uh, younger CG looks of both of them. They did, and they've been doing that a lot since Captain America. I mean, if that, if I remember correctly, 
Um, Captain America is the first one where they actually changed somebody's appearance. Obviously, Captain, who was a, a small guy and then now is big. You know, you take um, uh, is it Evans, um, Chris Evans, Chris Evans. You know, take his face, put on somebody else's body. You know, all that. It was really, really cool. But they every time that they do that, it's it looks really, really good. Yeah, they pull it off one hundred percent. And I was really happy to see um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in the role as uh, as Janet. Yeah, yeah, she fit really, really well, and I, I loved when uh, um, Scotty was well, whoever the actor's name, I can't remember his name, Paul Rudd. Scott, Paul Rudd. Yeah, so Paul Rudd being Scotty, um, and then um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, the mom character, takes over his body. Yes. and he's having to act like a, a female or like the mom. Mm-hmm. I, that was fantastic. Now we we've seen that before in other movies. Uh, but it was it was really good, and and uh, he played it really well. The actor Paul Rudd played it really really well. One hundred percent, he did. What did you think about Hank? We learned a little bit more about him, and he does not seem like a good guy at all. You know, no. from his interactions with um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, I can't remember his name, Doctor Bill something. Uh, he just he's obviously a jerk and maybe like really arrogant and looks down on people who he views as lesser intelligence or not as capable of him. You know, I, I kind of understand more why that, why he didn't get along with people at shield or, you know, Tony Stark's dad. And I understand why hope, you know, in the, in the first movie, hope had big issues with her dad, partially because he didn't tell her how her mom died, but also maybe because he's just a jerk in general. You know, he might be the kind of dad that you just talked about who, when he's out to dinner or lunch with his daughter, always on the cell phone. He very well could be, but yeah, he, he definitely every, well, every single person that he meets has a problem with him or he has a problem with them. You know, it it just comes across that he is a bad guy or not like a bad guy, meaning wanting to do evil. He just only cares about himself like a narcissist. And so what is really sad is a lot of these problems that actually happened to Ant-Man and the Wasp in the prior movie and this movie would be cleared up if he just communicated. He just said, oh, you're, you know, when, when the daughter got older, a little older to really understand, like my kids right now, they, uh, when they're 10 and 11 years old would understand, but like when they're like four or five, no, they wouldn't understand. But anyways, as your daughter gets older, just sit her down and tell her, I mean, why not communicate that? And then in this movie in Ant-Man and the Wasp, communicating with Lawrence Fishburne. Hey, I understand. I I will help you. Let's let's get this done and I know that, you know, X Y and Z, but we can figure this out. I want to help you. Not like, hey, I'm against everybody or um it's the whole world against me and I got to protect everything and and I got to take care of everything. Everybody's idiots and it, it could have been fixed so much better if this guy actually was a decent human being. 100%. I agree with you there. What did you think about how Paul Rudd kept, or the, the you know Scotty kept getting away from the FBI. Like they they were trying to track him down, trying to you know find him he, over here, over there, just to prove that he's not staying with his his um, uh, sentencings of being in his home. Yeah. Um, I just thought it, one part of me was like, as soon as you saw the Ant Man, send a team to the house to see if he's there. Uh-huh. You know, like why go try to find the Ant Man? And anyways, that so obviously that's a little uh, fun storyline that you can't really you know do anything about. It's it's just me looking at the scenario, being like, dude, all you got to do is prove he's out of the house, and you know that's what you got to do. Yeah, and I really like that uh, that uh, FBI agent Jimmy Woo. He was so yeah. funny. Have you? Do you know who he is? No. 
His name is Randall Park, and I've just I've loved him as an actor ever since I saw him in uh, a movie called The Interview. Um, that was the one with Seth Rogen and James Franco, where they went to North Korea. He played the North Korean leader, and he was just so great in that role. Ever since then, anytime I see Randall Park in a movie, I just freaking love it. He did a great job. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed um, his character, uh, the the way he played it. And I loved it at the very end. Um, you know, hey, do you want to get dinner? Or, 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 did you really want to or yeah. something like that? That was, yeah, really, really good character. Um, I thought he did a really good job playing, playing that character. I love the action scenes in the movie. I mean, when Ant-Man gets huge or small or the uh, the wasp gets small it they do a really good job making you it, it feel like you're a part of the movie like everything belongs really really well without a doubt it does they 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 did so much more of the whole shrinking and growing stuff than they did in the first one and in such creative ways especially the whole well not especially i mean every scene was great but namely the very first big action scene in the kitchen with uh you know the wasp shrinking growing again flying around flipping around kicking i mean it was it was killer man yeah, very, very good. Obviously, um, these two characters, Ant-Man and Wasp, don't have any actual powers on their own. So a couple of things like I was seeing when she was um, flipping in and around, like when she's full size, inside the car, the, specifically the one I'm thinking about is when she's inside the SUV, you know, flipping out, grabbing the windshield, coming or not windshield, but part of the door, coming back in, kicking back in through the, through the side window, things like that. I was like, uh, a real human being, that'd be rather hard to do. Now, if you're Thor or, you know, somebody that's has superpowers, it'd be different, but these are supposed to be human beings uh, that have normal, normal abilities. I thought that was a little outside of it, but other than that, man, it was just a, entertaining from beginning to end to watch. it was. And something I noticed as I was watching this, Paul Rudd, when you think about his prior movies and stuff and his prior acting, you don't think of him as a leading man, you know? Um, And like, if you would have told people ahead of time, Paul Rudd is going to be the Ant-Man, a new superhero. Most people would have said, Paul Rudd? Same thing like, you know, with Chris Pratt uh, coming into the Guardians of the Galaxy or even Robert Downey Jr. coming in as Iron Man. Everyone would have said, well, that doesn't really work, but... I think it's a it's a testament to the writers as well as the you know the directors and the producers the actors that they chose and the actors themselves for pulling off something that most people would thought they were incapable of. That brings up a good point and a question from me to you. Are there any Marvel characters that have been misrepresented by a different character or sorry by an actor? Can you think of any actors that should not have been the the character? I can't think of anybody that was really botched. I mean, any, any, especially all the superheroes from Thor to Hulk to, I mean, I guess you could say the initial Hulks were botched, but, um, you know, the current Hulk, I mean, everybody I think is great. Uh, I could probably nitpick here and there and find somebody, but I don't have any complaints on any of them. I'm right there with you. All the casting that they've done, I've been thoroughly pleased. Not just, obviously, the casting is is a first huge step. The second step is the actor actually pulling it off, like you said. I thought they've done a fantastic job. Now, with what I don't really consider part of the, you know, the uh, 10 years of the Marvel um, Cinematic Universe was the, um, not the original one, but the, the most recent um, Incredible Hulk that had, wasn't it Edward Norton? Edward Norton, yeah. I, Edward Norton didn't fit as a Hulk for me. I love Edward Norton as an actor. Everything from American History X to Fight Club. and I, He's a great actor, but for some reason as the Hulk, I just didn't see it. I can understand that. I agree with you. Well, also the story sucked. 
I yeah. really hated the whole and the just the the movie itself was horrible. I don't know I mean, that is off the deep end. That was just horrible. But then you see Iron Man coming at the very or uh, Tony Stark coming at the very end, so you know it's a part of the whole you know storyline. But um, yeah, I, as as far as all their casting, they've done a fantastic job. Hundred percent, they have. And speaking of casting, what do you think about Walton Goggins as Sonny Birch? Okay, you're going to have to refresh my memory. I'm not sure. I know who you're talking about. Well, Walton Goggins, you've seen him in tons of different movies like Hateful Eight, Predators. He's a ton of different bad guy roles. He was the businessman that Hope oh. went to get the get the part from in the beginning. I thought he was great. Now, is that his normal accent? Because he had that accent in Hateful Eight. Um, I wonder if that's his normal accent. No, I... I I don't know. I've heard him in an interview before, but I do not remember the accent he used. I think it might be his normal accent. And then for certain roles, he might play it up and be a little bit more Southern with the accent. Um, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed him. I thought he was a great a great bad guy. Um, and his personality um, is a little quirky, too, um, uh, where he's not as polished as a normal bad guy. And I thought he was I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, I, I I thought I thought he did a good job, but I thought his character um, of, of Sonny Birch, I think he was kind of underutilized here. I think you could do so much more with Walton Goggins, and I'm happy at the end of the movie he wasn't. Wait, wait a second. He did get arrested, right? No. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he yeah, got he arrested at the end of the movie, but at least he didn't die, so he could come back for a future movie, whether it's a future I uh, Ant Man movie or some other villain or some other superhero movie. I would like to see him come back because. He's just underutilized here. He could be so much better. He could be the one main bad guy. You don't need Goach. Uh, you don't need Goach. Ah, uh, Goach. You don't need Ghost and Walton Goggins. Walton Goggins can be his own guy and hold down the villain fort all on his own. Oh, so you didn't like the fact that there were three parties going after this? I mean, obviously you have... No, Hank. I was fine with oh. them being three parties. I think Walton Goggins was underutilized. He could have been bigger and better. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Oh, there's one thing. As I was watching it, um, at one point, I think it was in the very beginning, Ant-Man says, you know, Wasp is doing her thing, getting that piece of tech. And Ant-Man says, clever girl. Did you hear that? Yes, I did. That okay. was good. There's, I saw a YouTube uh, video that has the clever girl. It's a compilation of clever girls from a hundred different movies. It's like, it's one of those quotes that you hear that we've all heard a million times, but maybe we don't remember where. And the, the first place I remember is when in Jurassic park, you know, when that Australian hunter is zeroing in on one of the, um, on the head Raptor. And then the other one comes to the side and he looks at her and he goes, clever girl. Then he gets attacked. That's the only place that I remember. But yeah, as soon as he said that, that's where my mind went was to Jurassic Park. Hey, clever girl. You know, that, but where other what other movies had that in there? There's been so many. There's been hundreds. I'll I'll put a I'll, I'll I'll embed this video on the show notes page for this episode. So if anybody wants to see it, they can check it out. Literally hundreds of times wow. in this video. Maybe not hundreds, it might be 75, but various that's very movies. Cool. Yeah, just one of those funny things. And, and uh, you know, getting back to Ghost, I really did. I, I love seeing Ghost um, because I didn't watch the trailers at all. Um, I didn't know that Ghost was going to be in it. So when I saw a Ghost pop up for the first time, I thought, awesome! Uh, because I've seen Ghost in various, you know, Marvel comics in the past. Especially there was a big Avengers and a Thunderbolts series of comics uh, from a few years ago and ghost was a, a a member of the thunderbolts and you can kind of think of them as as like a, a bad guy group of avengers 
Oh, okay. Yeah. What what's interesting is I don't I didn't really read many of the comics. I own a few of them, but I I just man never got around to reading them. And you were always the the more um one into the comic books. I was more into like baseball cards and football cards and things like that. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and you know, one of the scenes I want to talk to you about Dust was the emergency phone call scene when all the three of them were tied up and then Bill Foster was interrupted with his phone call, uh with his daughter's phone call. That was good. That was yes, good. It was. I really like how it showed Scott's like his dedication to his daughter. And it also highlighted Bill Foster. That was his name. I remember now it, it highlighted Bill's true benevol- benevolence, you know, so it's it's more believable later on when he tells Ghost to not harm Cassie. If you do, I'm not going to be a part of this. You know, it's it's obvious that Bill is actually a really good guy. And Ghost is only doing this stuff because she's in total pain, you know. Absolutely. And I thoroughly appreciate when Bill said, if you touch the girl, I'm done. And that's 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 the genuine thing to do. Now, if it were Hank, Hank would be like, shoot, go get the girl. I don't care. But uh, Bill, he's actually a genuine, decent guy. And that's why he's doing it is because he's a decent person. He's trying to help her out. Um, I don't think Bill really realizes the whole scenario of what Hank and, and Hope and uh, Scotty were trying to do to try to get their mom back you know, fully. Um, anyways, all that to say, it was really good when I when he said, you know, if you go after her, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one last scene I want to talk about, or two scenes, but the first one is the mini Rudd scene in the school <laughs> with him walking around in his little blue jumper. Yep. Or not jumper, but his, you know, pullover. It was awesome. His hoodie, yeah. Or hoodie, yeah, yeah, hoodie. Yeah, I thought that was great. And he's running around like a little kid. I was like, that, that's perfect writing. I mean, it really, really good. He's in a school, running around like a little kid. Uh, it was it was really good. And then him getting big, you know, his suit not working. That, that was really great. I, I really appreciated his suit not working, like the prototype yes. not working. I thought that was really, really creative way to um, add another element to the movie. 100%. Yep, yep. And um, the last scene I want to talk about, of course, is just the very ending where I love how it tied into the Infinity War. And that was one of my ideas. Like I said in the last episode, you know, I figured Hank Pym would disappear. I kind of didn't see all three of them disappearing. That kind of threw me for a loop because I'm wondering now that Janet is back in and she somehow has these powers she gained from the quantum realm. And even, you know, he was going in, uh, Scott, Ant-Man was going in to collect the healing energy again. I'm wondering how that's going to play a part in Infinity War. That'd be rather interesting to see. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. You know, utilizing the quantum realm is something that we don't... Oh, also... Um, who was the bat, the, the Southern bad guy? What was his name again? Walton Goggins. We yeah, have Walton Goggins. So his character set was talking about the technology that is current today. And he said, you know, nanotechnology that, and he gives a list. He said, that's all old stuff. This new stuff being the quantum realm, that is the new frontier. I'm like, Oh, that's a good point. Sky bringing up that this could actually be utilized for the affinity war. In some way, yeah, we'll see how that plays a part. I'm, I'm sure that they've had, they have an awesome idea worked out for us. It's not going to be some namby pamby. Uh, I don't know. It's not going to be just go to Thanos, steal the glove, click, you know, snap your fingers and reset everything. It's not going to be that. It's going to be something awesome. Well, yeah, and we got to realize that anybody who's going to wear the glove has to be a mighty powerful person because you know if you just hold one of the stones or the, the power stone as we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, you die. But um, it has to be somebody extremely powerful to be able to carry all six stones. So it'll be really cool to see how they actually pull this off in this next Avengers Affinity War. 
Yeah, um, if somebody does put the gauntlet on again, I'm thinking it'll be, it might be Thor, because I would imagine he is strong enough, or Captain Marvel. Yeah, I don't know anything about Captain Marvel, but yeah, it's going to be interesting with Captain Marvel coming into the picture. I think Captain Marvel's coming out in like March of next year, and the Avengers is coming out in May of mm-hmm. next year. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to it. Oh, hey, there was a little, it sounded like a throwaway line, but it might really mean something. At the very end, Janet is talking to Scott and telling him what to watch out for, you know? Um, and she says something about stay away from the time time vortex or time tunnels. I can't remember the word. Um, that can have something to do with it, too. I mean, if there's some way to go to the quantum realm and then travel through time, that can be how they solve something. Maybe. Yeah. That's that I didn't think about that, but I do remember her saying that watch out for this. And as I was, as I was thinking about what she was talking about, I thought maybe she was talking about those little, um, microorganisms or those tiny organisms that were trying to eat them. I was thinking about something like that, but, um, could be something totally different. Yeah. Well, I think, well, she had mentioned some kind of bugs, something that'll eat you. I think you're right. She, she was referring to that as well. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, so before we get to Monday morning quarterback and lessons and stuff, anything else from the movie? No, I don't have anything else. I think we talked about everything. I, it just the, everything was really well done. The story was well done. Very, very enjoying. Um, I'm definitely going to watch it again. I've already watched it one time. I'm going to watch it again in the theaters because it's so it's so fun. Yeah, without a doubt. I'll, I'll be there too with Denise. Um, so my Monday morning quarterback, I have two of them. So why don't you hit me with yours uh, so I don't repeat yours? Okay, so my Monday morning quarterback is from the very beginning. I mean, usually it always starts from the very beginning of any movie. If you do one thing that would not trigger the rest of it, you know, it always happens. But it's that one phone call that Scotty makes at the very, you know, the very beginning gives a phone call to Hank and um, Hope or basically Hank, you know, saying, hey, I got this picture and not necessarily don't make that phone call. But you know that if you contact them, that's a violation, and then that's going to break your two. Or you're you're going to go to jail. You only have two more days. Sit on it for two days. Wait for two days, and then make the phone call. That's that's my Monday morning quarterback, and everything else would have been a whole lot different. Yep, it would have been. That was one of mine as well. My my second Monday morning quarterback is for Ghost. I mean, she should have just basically found them and asked for help. You know, I mean. Sure, Hank Pym might be kind of a jerk and stuff, but with the issues that she's going through, and she could actually help them get that piece of equipment from Birch as well, right? So by helping them solve their problem, they could have gone and found Janet and then helped her because with the issues that she's dealing with, I guarantee Hank is going to see nothing but uh, like opportunity. Oh, what can I learn from this? She's going through something crazy. How can I help her? How can I learn? How can I create new technology from this? That's very, very good point. And that was one thing that I was like, why in the world, if they're working together, Ghost and Bill are working together, Bill knows Hank, and obviously Hank came to Bill for help. You know, why don't you just say, hey, time out. Yeah. Let's just go and say, hey, you know, we have this issue. We need your help. Oh, you have your, you're trying to get your wife back? Let's work together. Yep. At that point, that's what they could have done for sure. Yeah, but I guess Bill was telling, was talking up Hank, saying he's such a douchebag. You're not gonna want to talk. You just want to steal it from him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, what movie prop would you love to own? I would love to own the van, 
The one with the horn. I love to own the van. You know, I got four kids and I got a, a lovely wife and we need a big van to fit all of our family. And so exactly. that per- that'd be perfect. Yep. Yep. You'll have your own shagging wagon now. There we go. <laughs> yep. My, uh, my movie prop is actually car related too. I want that Hot Wheels fun pack of cars. Oh, well, are you, th- are you thinking of just, um, for obviously outside of the movie, just having the, the, the cars themselves in a Hot Wheel or the thinking that have the ability to, to make them all big again? Well, yeah, I'm not going that far. I'm just thinking just the straight up prop. I'd like to have the prop from the movie, put it up on a shelf, keep it open, have all the cars displayed inside of it, you know? That's a good idea. That would be, that's a very, very good one. Cool, cool. So what lessons did you take away from this movie? Okay, so first one is always, I mean, we talked about, I can't remember which movie it was. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but um, it's always, oh yes, it was Jurassic Park, the uh, Lost uh, Fallen Kingdom we just watched. Uh, my first lesson learned, it's always the rich white guy. Yep. That's the bad guy. <laughs> always the rich white guy. It's like these Hollywood movie writers can't think of anything else other than the rich white guy. Now, maybe it's an, there's an agenda, but or maybe it's just, hey, this is what we're used to, or it just fits really, really well. It's just really, an really easy well. target that everyone accepts. Easy target. Yeah. And so, obviously, it gets a little irritating to me that it's always the same thing over and over again. So, as soon as you see a rich white guy, oh, that's the bad guy. Um, but one thing I was thinking, how come we haven't seen, or maybe correct me if I'm wrong, I ha- we haven't seen any any Asian superheroes. You know, we have a, a black superhero when Black Panther. We have plenty of white ones. Um, do we have any Asian? Not yet. Not that I could think of. I mean, the X-Men had a Jubilee, but that's the X-Men universe, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking the only other one in the movie uh, series so far, the, the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU, it was the Asian guy. He was a Japanese dude that was on Thor. And oh, yes. Yeah, he was the one that stood up, stood up to Hela. So anyways, I just I thought thought, oh man, they're trying, you know, they're trying to spread the wealth around for but you know, they're always keeping the rich white guys being the bad guy. I'd like to see them come up with an Asian, you know, a really good Asian um superhero, but not like a normal let's just make him a samurai or make him a ninja. No, <laughs> like, no, oh, he's gotta be a math hero. Oh, a math hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Let's totally go with the Asian stereotypes. But, you know, you, you mentioned the guy from Thor, that Asian guy. Um, I really love that scene when Hela says, it, it occurs to me that you all don't know who I am. <laughs> I, you know, I'm the, I'm the first daughter, the firstborn. I, I deserve to be here. And he goes, whoever you are, whatever you you've are. done. <laughs> go back to the rock you crawled out there. Exactly. Did you not just hear what I just yeah. said? That was just so, that was an incredibly funny scene. Oh, man. Yeah, that was good. Um, So my first lesson, it's very simple. Play with your kids. So at the very beginning, Scott and Peanut, or Cassie, they were having their awesome cardboard slide through the house. Now, when you when you have children and you play with them, uh, one really good thing comes from it, right? They know that you love them, and they're going to be happier, uh, hopefully, potentially better people for the love that you show them. And when you play with your kids, it's something that's totally free and they'll remember it forever. So you've got to do it. You are 100% right. Um, the memories that they're going to have of you playing with them, enjoying time with them, not just buying them things, you know, the things they'll forget, the times that you're spending with them, absolutely, they're going to remember that forever. Good job. Okay, so my next one is communication 
is vital for 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 really everything. You know, uh, it, we just talked about it recently, or just in this episode a few minutes ago, that if Hank would just communicate, or if Bill would just communicate, or if um, uh, Scotty would have communicated to, and we saw that. Hank, or sorry, Scotty asked Hope, you know, if I would have asked you to come with me to help Cap, would you have came? And he said, well, you didn't know. We don't know because you didn't ask. And so just communication is huge and vital for really anything to make anything better. You know, anything that's bad to make it better and anything that's good, make it even better than it is. Yep. Without a doubt. Um, my, my second lesson is patience is a virtue. And you had mentioned this with the Monday morning quarterback, you know, Scott shouldn't have called them Hope, or not Hope, I'm sorry, Janet has been gone for 30 years. You don't need to call Hank and Hope right now to tell them. You could have waited two more days, you know? You are 100% right, yeah. Yeah, patience is a virtue. That's good. So my last lesson that I <laughs> took away was I need to, see, I have a business that um, I teach people how to invest in real estate and rental properties, and it's called Master Passive Income, and I have a logo. What I was thinking, I should always wear a shirt and a hat that has my logo on it, because <laughs> if I ever stop a crime in progress, the movie, or not movie, the, the um, you know, news people come and interview me, yep. and I'll have my logo yep. on yep. there, and they can <laughs> Yep, exactly. That's right. You could be like, um, you know, the band who wears their own uh, band T-shirts and hats <laughs> around. Oh everywhere. yeah, like remember, um, can't hardly wait. Exactly. Back you know, like 1998 when it was made. Um, yeah, there. You can't wear a shirt from your own band. Why not? <laughs> yep, yep. That's a good lesson. I love that one right there. Um, my final lesson is don't hold on to anger. It's going to be your downfall. And we talked about that with King, uh, with Kingpin, of course. That's a common theme throughout a lot of different movies, and and it's a uh, it's it's seen here by Ghost choosing to be an enemy instead of trying to be a friend because she's so hurt um, and angry. You know, her father died, and she probably blames Hank Pym for casting her father out, and so her father was doing experiments on his own. Well, that's what led to the death of her uh, her mom and her dad, and so she's probably held all that anger in for the whole time. So uh, because that anger, it caused more problems down the road. Yeah, that makes makes great sense. Yeah. All right, anything else we haven't discussed? No, no, that's it. I thought we covered a ton of ground here. Fantastic movie to watch. Um, Paul Rudd, I, every single time I've seen him in a movie, his personality, just how he, his mannerism, how he is, I just enjoy that character or that, that sorry, that actor, an actor like that. Other um, actors that kind of remind me are like Owen Wilson. I love Owen Wilson. He's absolutely hilarious. And Jason Bateman, the way that his, his mannerisms and just, it, it makes, it makes me laugh watching those characters. Um, or sorry, those actors uh, portray characters and the way that their personalities come out is, I just, I love that personality. And Paul Rudd did a great job. Um, Really, really enjoyed the whole movie. So yeah, I don't have anything else. I just thought it was a great movie. So Sky, as we're wrapping up the Ant-Man and the Wasp, what is the next movie that you are going to pick for us to watch? It's going to be Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Wait, are you in that movie? I wish. Oh, <laughs> acting right you. alongside the rock. I wouldn't mind at all. Yeah, you should sky or no skyscraper starring sky Matsuhashi. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <be> awesome. <laughs> Sky's skyscraper. All right. I am in. Let's watch that. I'm not pulling a veto on that one because it looks fun. I remember seeing the, the uh, movie poster. You have the rock, you know, basically a skyscraper. You see the big scene of the, you know, city and then one guy, which is the rock in midair jumping. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking... 
I don't, I don't think he makes it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, spoiler, he doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just joking. I haven't seen the movie yet. But yeah, let's let's do that one. Totally. So for everybody listening, thank you so much for listening today. You can go to the show notes page for uh, everything that we discussed here. You know, uh, the list of the life lessons, links to the official trailer, some screenshots there. Also the embedded YouTube video of the clever girl clips from all those various movies. So go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash Ant-Man and the Wasp. All one word right there. So please go there and check it out. And uh, once again, thanks so much for listening today. And we will return next week with Skyscraper. Skyscraper.